We're back. We are back. Happy 2024, Jane. Bit late. It is a bit late. How are you doing, Hugh? I'm very well. How are you? I'm good. We're later than we expected, listeners, so apologies for the for the, the month off, I suppose. We had planned on coming back after our two-week break at Christmas, but we just thought, you know, a little bit of time to get ourselves going in our new term, get ready for a whole new year of teaching. And, um, and listen, we just deserved a break. We deserved a break. We deserved mm. a break. Absolutely. Teachers always deserve a break. But we're back now. We have a couple of episodes, including today's one, which we recorded before Christmas. So apologies if there are a couple of mentions of Christmas in them, but the topics we're talking about are just as relevant um, now as they were then. So we really hope you enjoy them. Yeah, enjoy. Hi, I'm Jane. And I'm Hugh. And you are listening to That'll Teach You. Hi, Jane. Hi, Hugh. How are you doing today? I'm great. We're recording this in the last days before Christmas, I suppose. I know the listeners are listening to this in 2024, but imagine (laughs) us... the future. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. What's it like? Tell us all about it. We're still in those last few days trying to just make it to the holidays. Trying to survive. One of our friends recently said, um, we asked her what she was going to do over the Christmas, and she was like, I'm going to rot. I was like, you know, Madeline, that was, whenever this comes out, that was a few weeks ago or, anyways, you'll you'll hear it on the episode. Hopefully by now she is safely (laughs) fermenting away. (laughs) But but yeah, I think we're all in that survival mode at the moment. We have a lovely guest with us here today. We have Robbie, who's also known as Positive Primary Principal on Instagram. Robbie, are you fermenting? Are you rotting? Are you... (laughs) I'm I'm existing, Jane. (laughs) (laughs) Do you know, but that's so funny. That's so funny that you should say that because I, someone asked a colleague today, and I'm going to try to do a a direct reenactment. So one of our lovely colleagues said to another one, she said, how are you doing? And she just went, I am... I am. Um, I know. I just, I just am. <laughs> and I was like, I think we're all just existing at the mm, moment. Yeah, well, it's I know. Such it's a long it's, term, but yeah, it's but. silly season, but it's um, it's good fun in school as well. We had a Christmas uh, carol service last night from first to sixth class, and to be honest, with all the hustle and bustle, and you can easily forget about um, what what we're about in education. I think you know, um, for me. Uh, I was just so proud last night, you know, you'd forget with policies and paperwork and everything you have to do and all the seriousness of the job, which has its place as well. You know, the Christmas concert for me last night is just one of those moments where you just stop and think of what it's all about, really. They're the kind of moments that make the job worthwhile and give you back something, you know. And, you know, those those moments are so they're so important at the moment, because, as you say, you know, between reports and parent teacher meetings and then yeah. all the admin side of teaching and you know being a principal you can forget the the meaning of it all but we had our christmas show um yesterday as well and god i don't know about you hugh <laughs> like i was literally sitting there and in the front row giving my girls thumbs up yeah. the whole time and just being like i'm just so proud of you all <laughs> yeah you would be and you'd be it's it's a mo i just found an emotion and i said last night to the parents or the whole school community that on, on purpose I stay away from the rehearsals and stuff like that just to, for that wow factor because I know there will be a wow factor during concerts or any performance or anything like that there's huge job satisfaction that I don't think you get that in many other jobs to be honest mm. oh it's so worthwhile and how long have you been a principal this probably? is my sixth year now okay and how long were you teaching before that teaching for 13 years before that 
Uh, so I was always teaching in senior classes the way it worked out. I was always had fourth, fifth or sixth class, various size schools, really. I was in desh schools. I was in special school. I was in, I finished off in a large mainstream boys school. So, yeah, but um, varied experience across the board. I did, worked as a social worker previous to going to teaching, which really uh, stood to me. I think, you know, the there's oh, a big... Sure connection you know childcare policy the whole I suppose looking at the bigger picture in the early days I was getting hot under the collar I was getting aggravated I was getting annoyed about homework not being done now you'd say having my background in social care I should have been thinking of the bigger picture there's you know a lot going on outside of uh, the classroom in people's homes etc etc but it all comes again with experience and like you know that's how I try to lead as I suppose, with perspective um, and thinking of the whole child, you know, thinking of their background. No, I had experience coming in to the principal role. A lot of people say, why did you want it then? Um, why did you go into it? And I'm upfront and very honest with that. And I found myself getting stale in the classroom. Mm. I found myself going through the motions. I found myself saying the same thing to different cohorts every year and I wasn't challenged enough no I certainly got a challenge um, <laughs> and I'm constantly being challenged all the time but I definitely don't regret it you know yeah and it's funny and I think you've maybe answered that talking about the challenge but you know do you think can there be a risk of going stale as a principal as well or do you think there's always something new and because you're dealing with such a, a broader community is it easier to to continue to be challenged I suppose in new ways yeah, you can, but to be <laughs> the 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 much talked about initiative overload and different things like that. There's always something new. There's always something to explore. Like here and now in the current situation in December for non-desh schools, like hot meals are coming down the track. The solar panels on roofs of schools is coming down the track. There's so much going on that there's always you know. And if it's not something that you kind of have to get involved in and have to coordinate, there's initiatives then that you know you'd like to get involved in, but. Yeah, you. I understand what you're saying, and I. I do think that there, there, there would be an aspect of that as well. On that, actually, the whole logic of you'd often hear, oh, we're we're medium-sized school, really. We have two hundred and fifteen students. You know, teaching principals less problems, less teachers, less students, doesn't always equate. You know, so no, mm. there is a stale factor, but, uh, not as much so. I don't think as in as in teaching, to be honest. I feel like you could just say. The parents keep you on your toes. I don't think, I think the parents make that, uh, that stale factor just disappear. <laughs> they cool. do. They do. Yeah. And you understand where they're coming from in lots and lots of ways. But what I try to do, which a lot of people say is impossible, try to be one step ahead. You know, you try to be one step ahead. And how can you do that? It's basically open communication. You try to put yourselves in the shoes of the parents and say, OK, it's December now. What do they need to know? An informed parent is a happy parent, to be honest, you know, and if they're not yeah. informed and anybody, staff as well, if anyone's not informed or things are coming at late notice, et cetera, et cetera, that leads to miscommunication. It leads to the parents' WhatsApp groups going berserk and it leads to confusion. So that's what I try to do. And I find that model. Will I, will I forget things? Of course, I will from time to time. Have I forgotten things? Have I forgotten? And I'm far from perfect in any shape or form, but that's what I try to do and it's to my the forefront of my mind and all, with staff as well obviously about meetings about Croke Park about anything we've planned prior notice and ample ample um, communication um, you know I think that 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 goes a far way to suppose, satisfying the parents is, that, is the wrong word but I suppose respecting them to be honest yeah yeah 
I feel we could talk about behavior management of parents for, for <laughs> weeks and weeks and weeks. But I suppose we do want to ask you about behavior management as a principle in the school. Because I think it's really interesting because we all have our own strategies and we yeah. all have our own ways of, of dealing with behavior in the classroom. But I mean, as the principal, you have to set the tone, mm. you know, and, and set the tone for the whole school, the atmosphere for the whole school. Yeah. But is that a big challenge coming into coming into the role? It is, you know, but I think once you've, I suppose, the code of behavior, the anti-bullying policy in the code of behavior is paramount. And I think that needs to be as practical as possible. And again, it needs to be communicated that, for example, we're in a certainly working document all of the time. We have started yeah. the restorative practice journey with Michelle Stowe. So we have a team involved in that and the teachers are involved in that. And it's a brilliant system and it takes time. And we're constantly being told in that training, it's a way of being. It's not a quick fix. It's not a tick the box. It's a culture, restorative practice, etc. So we're incorporating that slowly over time. But I think the teachers need to know who's responsible and when and what are the, what's the action. So uh, we came across a very, I don't know if you see it or not, you probably didn't, um, a new parental complaints procedure came in there recently. And it's a lovely little infographic like this. And that's it, actually. Mm -hmm. So we saw that and we said even last week, we we're kind of saying, wouldn't that be lovely to send home to the parents about our code of behavior? Level one, level two, level three behaviors. This is what is who's involved. What happens when, you know? So, yeah, I think and what we have one, of course, we have a code of behavior. We're obliged to have a code of behavior. But we went looking at it last week at a Croke Park hour and it's not practical. We need to go back to refer to it as too wordy. And when we saw the infographic, as I said, for the parental complaints procedure, we're now redrafting it and we're simplifying it. But I suppose the gray area with behavior in general and the challenge for, and you're asking about a challenge, is those students who are SEN students who have challenging mm -hmm. behavior. If I was to stick to the, the letter of the law of the current code of behavior we have, there's SEN students that would be expelled long ago. But I can't yeah. and I won't, you know, I can't, you know, there's there has to be there's it's this gray area. It's this middle ground. But that's the challenge. It's a tough one because you are you're trying to make it a safe place for everyone, you mm. know, and so it's a it's a balancing act to make it safe for the safe and happy and supportive for it's the very children hard. who maybe are, are victims of some of this behavior. But obviously the children exhibiting the behavior themselves, they need that support and safety as well. And if anything, at times they need that support more Absolutely. like so much more than and most are imagine. between between children especially you'd often see children recognizing that this particular child in their class would have this need whatever it may be and they you see their human side kick in you'd see their you know their caring side kick in and it's great to see it and to be fair the majority of parents understand all of that but when it's causing severe disruption you know, you've NCSE advisors and you've behavioural specialists and you've different people in and you've everyone helping you out and you're working with everybody. You might go down the route of reduced days and all of this kind of stuff. But it is a challenge in a mainstream school. We don't have a special classes as of yet. When you, the, when you have those behavioural challenges, you know, and there is significant disruption, you can understand where the other parents are coming from, you know. Mm. It's trying to satisfy everybody, please everybody, but very very hard to do but a lot of the time common sense comes into play and you deal with all the multidisciplinary teams as i said you know you're you're, you're going to get you're going to get places and that's maybe the starting block really you know yeah and certainly as i mean i'm only teaching a few years now but certainly 
Yeah, one of the big challenges is even just your division of time as yeah. a teacher. You know how you you have to be conscious that you can't spend all your time on the kids who might. I mean, basically, there isn't enough time. You no. don't have enough time to give to every child. You know, and and in a class of, I have twenty five in my class, which is average enough. It's certainly not an enormous class. There's still not enough time in the day to give all the support to every child who needs it, and no. so you have to balance it over the weeks and the months and the terms and. And so I think, I mean, that challenge never goes away, I think. No, no, it never will, you know, and that's the, that's why I suppose to talk about principal burnout and just as teacher burnout in general, initiative overload in general, you know, and it seems to be never ending, you know, flags mm. and all of these things, you know, but you could see how schools can get caught up in them. You can see how they take over. But if teaching and learning isn't right in a school, you know, that's the first port to call. That's our duty of care, I suppose, really. But you often see... Yeah schools competing with other schools they've they've four active flags they have four green schools flags we know we need to match that or not better it but eventually people are realizing you know and we need to go back to the the belt and braces of teaching and go back to what we're about really as teachers but but yeah. there'll always be there'll always be challenges you no matter what yeah gosh our jobs are so hard sometimes they are oh yeah <laughs> That's why we need the Christmas holidays. Yeah, yeah, and that's, like, yeah. and that's uh, my 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 own father jokes that uh, when I started teaching first, uh, my uncle might ring or something, and I was living at home at the time, and you know he'd say, "How's Robbie getting on?" I might be sitting down reading the newspaper or something, and uh, Dad would say, "Oh, he's grand. Would you believe now he's working a half day every day?" You know, um, <laughs> but <laughs> but to go back to your but go back to your point about the holidays. We they're absolutely crucial. For, there's no other job that there is so much that is asked of you. There's so much you go in when you're a class teacher. You barely, as we all know, get time to go to the bathroom. If we want to go to the oh. bathroom, if we got to go to the bathroom, you have to get cover. You and the SNA can't cover the class on their own. You have to get the adjoining teacher or the SET teacher or something. That's the reality of it. And I love teaching. And I love the classroom. And I, and at the end of the day, go back to what we said earlier. When I say I got stale in the classroom, some people are saying, but you are a teacher. I said, I know that. I'll always be a teacher. But mm. deep down, when it's a super job, but when we're on, we're on. Yeah. And if there's something going on in your personal life, I found that if there's something going on weighing on, you, on your mind, because there's so much being asked of you, children, we'll go back to the toilet again, children can't go to the toilet without asking you. You know, there's all of these, everything has to go through you. Oh, that's fine, yeah. but I. How do you find that yourselves to date? <laughs> no outside, comment. Outside the <laughs> no, toilet. No. Yeah. no, do you know what? It's just such a demanding job. This, yeah. this is going to be an agony ad episode. Yeah, yeah. It's just such a demanding job, and you're dead right. And you know, it is tricky when you have things going on, or even like when you're trying to support colleagues. Like even if you don't have things going on, like it's it it is a very difficult place to be. Yeah. When you're not feeling 100%. So, um, I think the, the always being on is the thing, you know, yeah. and even I would say we was teaching sixth class and I think in sixth, you, you can occasionally get a few minutes where you can have some, a moment to yourself if they're working away on something. But I always yeah. think, you know, if you're teaching infants, I mean, there's really not a moment I don't off. know no. how they do it. Like, I think about it, I think about it daily. Like, I really do. And, yeah. you know, so my first year, I went from fourth to fifth to sixth. Yeah. And I just can't imagine. Because, like, I can say to my class, I can say, okay, you're doing this for the next 20 minutes, and I I want you to be working as quietly as possible. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And 
generally speaking like every now and then I'll have to turn around and be like okay like you know a little yeah. reminder but like you can actually have 20 minutes I don't know how the younger teachers do it or the, the teacher of the younger classes do it I really don't know shout out to anybody in a, in a younger class fair play well it's done. just a different job again it's just a, like yeah. sixth class teacher or seniors even a third class teacher and to go to six uh, go from that to uh, junior or senior infants the following year there's no summer EPV course could prepare you for that. <laughs> you know, the, yeah, they're, you they're, know, they're different jobs. Yeah, they're completely different, different roles, jobs. you know. But yeah, yeah the dema- it is demanding. And like, that's why the holidays are totally justified. There's no other role, you know, I can't, that I've come across anyway, that is as demanding, um, that has the importance, that has the responsibility. We all have colleagues, we all have friends, we all have um, people we know that work in offices. They have flexi time, they work from home. They have an hour for lunch, all of these things. Yes, they have a longer working day, but they're not on, on, on for the whole time. They're not, con- you know what I mean? So yeah. that's, uh, yeah, that, that's that's the kind of reality of it, really. And I often, children are so receptive as well, as we know. And when you are not yourself, they know, they know that. I, I think, so this is my second year of having my class. They know me pretty well. Yeah. And one of the girls came up to me, Um, we teach in a girls' school, one of the girls came up to me and she just went, Miss Costigan, are you okay? And mm. if you're not okay, would you like a hug? You just yeah. seem you yeah. just seem not yourself. And I was just like, I'm fine, but give me a hug anyways. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And like, I will accept the hug. <laughs> yeah, and like, you know, I think the more and more the well-being kind of comes into the SPH, there's a focus on SPHE and well-being in general, I don't think that would have happened five, six, seven years ago, Jane, to be honest. Mm. Now, we can all. We, there's always going to be children that were, are just naturally caring, and they're. Mm. Yeah. When there's more of an emphasis on well-being, mm. and we're telling people and teaching children how to, I suppose, socially interact, how to think of others, how to be empathetic, I think that is um, the reason why. I, you know, you say, oh, you it can be taught, and it is being taught, obviously, you know. And you know, it's one of one of the good things about being in the senior classes. You can have a lot more conversations yeah. about your feelings and your thought processes, and you can have some really beautiful and really special. Or you can get the the children in your class to do writing based on you know how you show others you value them or you know gratitude or which even just like well being and mental health. Like you know, it is it is you know. I know we're saying that you know. Well, I know I'm just having an agony ad moment, but but you can you can do so much more with the older class. You can have a lot more. Oh, you can. I suppose substantial conversations about mental health, which is great. You right? can. You can delve deeper into it, definitely. Yeah, definitely. But uh, no, uh, there's a more of a conscious understanding of it, really. You know, and what we say matters. You know, some children don't need to be taught that, and they, you know, that's that's just in certain children. We all know. These children that are just, you know, have it all really and they're just deep down, just every bone of their body is just kind and gentle and that's their disposition, mm. you know what I mean? So well-being definitely needs to be, it's like a reminder, you know, and it's going to more and more and more come into schools and rightly so, you know, a lot of people think mental health or well-being, all of that kind of stuff is secondary school, it needs to start and it is starting oh. in primary school, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but even there are so many, as you said, there are so many great programs you can do with children. Even yeah. if, like if you, if you aren't in the senior class or if you're not, you know, I suppose well versed in communication, you know, there are so many different programs you can use to support the child's well being and like the holistic health of the child, which is great. I have a question, um, Robbie, about behaviour management again. 
we've lots of people who listen to this who are quite new to teaching, either newly qualified or, or heading in as students, yeah. or maybe they've been in the job a few years. And it's it's maybe a how long is a piece of string question, and again, how to balance things. But but dealing with behaviour in the classroom, dealing with behavioural issues, mm. I suppose, is there a is there a level at which you think, well, the principal should always be involved, you know, or is there is there a certain point at which teachers should realise, do you know what, this is more than just managing a classroom. I, I need I need extra support. I need to go to the principal in this. I think that it's probably a very hard question to answer because there's no there's no clear line. But I don't know. Would you have any thoughts on on how you'd even yeah how you'd advise teachers to use their principles as a resource in behaviour management? Yeah, I think going back to even what, like we're currently doing at the moment, going back to we just have a three levels: the disciplinary actions, the levels. Like say, you know, for example, level one is failure prepared by class, uh, running in the hallways, disturbing the work of others, disrespectful language, ignoring staff requests, disciplinary actions, verbal reprimand reinforcement of alternative positive behavior, an instant account sheet, which is kind of part of the whole restorative practice um, philosophy of accounting for it, recounting it, etc. What what have you done? What Who did it affect, etc. What, what won't you do going forward? Uh, parent uh, contact where applicable, temporary separation from peers, prescribing additional work. And down the very last one here, it says principal is involved. So this is level one and I'm involved, okay? So I suppose mm. there's discretion of teachers here. If it's homework not done, I'm not involved. If it's the if mm. it's the, the child answering out a turn all the time, all day, every day, um, depending on how repetitive it is, but that's the class teacher, you know. So mm-hmm. if I suppose you know there's support, there's supportive interventions as well, etc. Going forward, but I'm involved at level one, level two, and level three. I can't deal with every tittle-tattle in the yard, anything that's ever said. So, and that's understandable, and everyone understands that. But if they need to involve me, if it's repetitive, I think, or if yeah. it's something major, if it if I'm on about teachers or children speak out of turn, but if a child gets up in the classroom and throws the chair at the teacher, you know, they're coming down to me. Yeah. When we have the levels sorted and when it's straightforward, sit down with the parents, tell them what's happening, ask them for their input as well before we sign off on the code of behaviour or their alterations to the code of behaviour because the code of behaviour is one of those policies where you get parental feedback. Mm. You'd said something that definitely resonates with me, which is even just, as you say, even if you're not involved, just informing the principal. And I, I feel I do this a lot where <laughs> it's usually it's usually after the fact that I've dealt with something but then at some point I'll just say to the principal by the way yeah you know this happened this is what I did just sort of checking in and you know she'll usually say yeah perfect absolutely fine you know but it it can be good to just reassure yourself sometimes like that yeah just having good systems in place just having good systems in place sorry time out there two seconds that's okay sorry speaking of systems in place the lights have gone off sorry Sorry, that's a sensor. Robbie, do you know what that means? If the lights go off in your office, it means you've been there too long. No, <laughs> not moving around the office enough. <laughs> yeah, you need a movement break. You, you need know? a movement break. Yeah, that's the advice really is like, and refer to it and make sure that you know what it is as a teacher coming into any school because schools differ. Some schools are doing restorative practice. Some schools are not. Some schools are have red cards and yellow cards and different things like that kind of that are used in sport obviously but yeah it varies now is there a place for it to be standardized across schools i don't think so to be honest i think no i think that's that's too hard yeah and that's like saying all children in every school they all need the same things like you know you can't there's no blanket no um, 
methodology that's going to work for all schools. Oh, but I'm, I'm, I say I'm an absolute devil. I say every time I come into my principal's office, I'm like, guess what happened to me? And that's, <laughs> like, <laughs> well, that's better. That's better than no communication or you're hearing it secondhand, Jane, you know? Uh, you might yeah. hear something secondhand or, and there's, again, I go back to, there's never intention by the teacher. It's just simply forgetting. Oh, I had an awful moment this week where one of, one of the children in my class gave a little bit of, cheek mm. to Hugh a very very mild amount of cheek and I completely forgot about it yeah. on the day and then I only dealt with it the following day because like coming back to what we were talking about at the start of the episode you're dealing with so many things yeah. you know, and by that stage kids being kids there's a good chance she has no idea what you're talking about <laughs> oh no I, t- I spoke to her today about it but you know you know you do you do forget things and it was only when you said it to me last night I went god I really should have had a conversation with her about that do you know Robbie I wonder do your teachers feel the same way anytime my principal knocks on the door or comes into my room to give me a message the absolute relief and pride I feel if my classroom is relatively <laughs> calm and something that approaches learning appears to be going on oh it's, it's, it's the, the best, best feeling in the world as a teacher. It really is the best <laughs> yeah. feeling. When someone comes into the classroom and you're like, you are so deep. I remember, um, I don't know if I told this story before, a teacher came into the classroom and when she came into the classroom, there was um, a roll of wool passed around the classroom and every child was holding, holding the wool. So there was basically this, this maze of wool <laughs> around the classroom and she just walked in and she just went, Never mind. But I tell you, the second she left, I felt so proud. I was yeah. like, this is a great teaching moment happening. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, silence Silence doesn't mean learning, in my opinion. You know, no. I think that day is gone. I think we've moved on from that. I think, you know, the whole 21st century model of, of teaching is, is advocating that the more interactive it is, the more fun it is, the more... Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, that's the way forward, you know, that it's a more like... Uh, teacher facilitated and pupil led really as opposed to the other way but well yeah no you're dead right those days are long gone and really if i walked into a teacher's classroom and everyone was really silent mm. i'd probably oh, yeah. you'd be worried and i'm so loud as well that i, I probably just burst and i'm like hello and i like you know so no would you i i asked this question to to another principal we had on recently which was again looking at teachers who are either newly qualified or maybe looking to move in the coming year or so. What do you look for when you're recruiting a teacher to your staff? What are the, I mean, again, it's, there's a certain je ne sais quoi, I think, when you're in an interview, but are mm. there any things that really stand out to you? I suppose, what can you offer with your current skill set? You know, we've all done the qualification. We all have certain amount of experience. We all have this, that and the other done. But like, for example, I suppose, if you're musically talented, uh, which I'm not in any shape or form, or if you're into the arts, are you going to suggest, you know, from my research, are you going to say in the interview, from my research or from what I know of the school, it doesn't have a choir? I'd be interested in investigating it, seeing if there was a demand for a choir. I'd be interested in looking into that for you. Um, I have a particular skill set. What does that show me? Hardworking, diligent, interested, has researched the school, would that be a good asset, you know? I suppose it's the classic situation as well, you, that you might have um, a lot of GA players in particular, and they've said it straight up, the reason they've gone into teaching is because of the hours of suits or training, etc., etc. Yeah. You have the scenario where you might have an inter-county footballer, hurler, camogie player, and they don't train the teams, they don't get involved and then they might apply for an AP post, an AP1, AP2, or deputy principal, principal, and maybe 
10 years ago, 15 years ago, they would get the role. Now they won't, mm. you know. Using your skill set would be the main thing, you know. Yeah. It doesn't have to be outside of hours. You know, it could be I'm musical. I, you know, I play the tin whistle or, you know, something more, um, more that more involves more talent maybe than the tin whistle not to knock the tin whistle but you know what i mean that i, I, I know some great tin yeah. whistle players oh, but I, you've alienated 80 percent of our listeners robbie <laughs> apologies do you, know, do you know what my cousin can do and i just think it's so incredible so she can play everything but she can whistle perfect songs yeah. she she can whistle whistle like a three minute song from start to finish and i'm like i'm so jealous <laughs> i can barely even sing a song <laughs> But to go back to your question, <laughs> yeah, sorry, that, that, that's <laughs> this what happens I, a lot, Robbie. <laughs> you're great. That's what I'm looking for. Do you know? That's what I'm looking for. Yeah. An addition. Okay. I think that's a really good answer. I think Stephen, yeah. who was our guest, um, our principal guest, um, the last time, he said more or less the exact yeah, same thing, adding, and it's so yeah. true. Like it's so true. Yeah. Robbie, thank you so much for coming on. No problems. More, more, than, uh, more than welcome. Thank you for the invite, and I'm really enjoying your podcast and. It's superb service and a superb uh, no, edition. I presume it's on the agenda of every yeah, staff I was going to say. I, you know? yeah. Make so sure what? you're tuning in to That'll Teach You. you know? <laughs> of course, obviously. First thing. Of course, yeah. So, of course, that's on the board of management. I'm hoping the department well. are going to make it a requirement. Honest, you know? Yeah, go back. To, yeah, it should be on their CVs for interviews. Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. <laughs> Subscriber. But listen, thank you so much, Robbie. Um, so you can find Robbie at Positive Primary Principal. You can find us at That'll Teach You Podcast. You can find Hugh's other podcast at Legitimate Likes. Robbie, I think you'd like Legitimate Likes. I think yeah. you should listen to Legitimate Likes. Perfect. There's a school. I know, I'm trying to say nice things about it because normally yeah. I'm like, every time he plugs it, I'm like, ah, boo you. But no, there's an episode on school that I think you'll enjoy. Cool. Um, and yeah, if, uh, yeah, there are lots of episodes, really. But um, but yeah. Yeah, perfect. I'll check it out. I'm trying to be nicer. I'm trying to be nicer <laughs> to you at the moment because I've oh, said some yeah. really mean things to him. So I'm trying oh, to just boost yeah. his spirits yeah, a little yeah. bit. Thanks, yeah, <laughs> through my podcast. That's the best way to stroke the ego. But yeah, please do follow and subscribe. That'll teach you. And certainly it's a, it's a we've come to the end of our first term of doing it. And if you can tell another teacher or a parent or a friend who you think would enjoy it, we'd really appreciate that. So we'll see you next time. Goodbye. Bye. Thanks, Bye. everybody. Thanks, Take Abby. care. Thank you.